Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I cannot believe it is November already. Uh, I took some time off last week. My mom was in town and I was just kind of decompressing from having visitors uh, for a little while and yeah, took a break from the podcast, but I am energized, super excited to be here with you all and to finish this year strong. Uh, It's been a crazy year. I know for a lot of you, I know a lot's going on, you know, in the world and economically and politically, right? There's just so much going on. And I really hope that you are taking the time to really invest in yourself throughout the end of this year and to make sure that you are taking care of you and doing what you need to do for you. The best way that we can help others is oftentimes by helping ourselves and filling our, making sure that our glass is filled too. So hope that you are doing that. Um, I do want to do a couple quick announcements of some fun things that are coming up in the Overnight Trainer world. Um, I will have a masterclass coming out soon. Um, I think it'll be free. (laughs) Still figuring all that out. But I want to dissect. I I did a post a couple weeks ago around one of my clients who went from no job prospects or leads at all to landing her job, getting the signed offer within two and a half weeks. And that's not the first of my clients to do it. It definitely won't be the last. Um, I've had many, many clients do that. I've had clients who have been that same boat who've landed roles in seven days, eight days, 14 days, two and a half weeks, right? So it seems to be, I I see this happen a lot with my clients. And so I'm going to do an entire masterclass really just walking you through kind of how that happened and what the steps were they took to kind of be prepared for that to happen for them. So um, stay tuned for that. If you go to the overnighttrainer.com slash events, that'll probably be up. Um, you know, this is coming out on November 8th. So uh, I'll probably be hosting that in the next like week or so. So just keep an eye out on the events page. I'll of course post about it on LinkedIn. I'm also going to start to be more active on Instagram. So, uh, you know, LinkedIn is great. I love LinkedIn. That's where I've you know, met, met a lot of you on LinkedIn. Uh, but it's not as like easy to communicate on LinkedIn as it is Instagram. So I'm going to be spending some more time there in the next couple weeks and getting that ramped up. So make sure you're following me there at the overnight trainer, keeping it pretty easy. Yeah. So stay tuned for the case study masterclass. That'll be coming up probably in the next week or so. Keep an eye out for that. And then I am going to be running. I did this last year around the same time and it was freaking epic. Um, the nail your niche workshop series live. So I'm going to be hosting it um, over the course of like two and a half weeks and uh, you will have um, the five steps to nail your niche, but you'll also have uh, daily support inside of a group chat with me. So you'll be working through that uh, together. Plus we'll have um, a live Q&A also. So you'll get um, access to the modules. You will then also get access to our 
our group chat where I'll walk you through how to nail your niche. Uh, we'll work on that every day. And then you'll also have a live Q&A with me uh, hopping on. So really excited about that. That will also be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that. I'll probably kick that off um, probably after Thanksgiving. So yeah, give you all some time to just like you know, rest, eat some turkey, do all the things. Uh, and then probably the week after Thanksgiving, we'll kick that off. So if you are interested in the Nail Your Niche live, um, DM me, message me, email me. Uh, I can get you in an early bird rate on that. Um, yeah. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, I wanted to celebrate. I, and this actually kind of leads us into today's podcast episode because, and even what I talked about too, about that case study masterclass is I think so many people think that this process has to take them long because it's taken other people a long time and we get that into our heads and that's why I honestly why I named my group coaching program fast track because I did want to show you all that this can happen very quickly um, with the right strategy and so I just want to congratulate one of my clients inside of fast track Steven who has been absolutely crushing it showing up doing the work uh, doing you know doing the following the process uh, and 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 when I say following the process, one of the things I teach is like, how can we make this process your own and unique to you? So you have that freedom within a framework, but he's absolutely crushing it. Um, just last week. So he's been in the program a little over 30 days, um, had a final interview last week around one interview and around two interview that all went well. Right. So really keeping, keeping in mind that this process can happen fast, you know, just a, a little over a month ago, uh, nothing was really working for him. And now he's in multiple, multiple interview stages um, at multiple dream roles. And so I just wanted to, to share that. And that's going to, you know, help kick us off into today's episode in general, but just share that it, this process can happen quickly. And one of the things why I wanted to do this episode here with eight weeks left in the year is, you know, so many people give up around this time. And when I say give up, if you need to take a break for your own mental health, by all means, do that, right? A lot of times taking a break and taking a pause is actually what propels us forward. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times we we push past, uh, we, we just, we, we try to push past the burnout uh, and it ultimately leads to like complete crashing and burning, uh, which does ultimately slow us down, right? So sometimes we do need to take that pause. However, what I will say is I notice a lot of people say, oh, well, it's when the holidays, no one's hiring right now. Or, oh, there's all these, you know, hiring freezes. I, I might as well just not even apply. Um, or, you know, I'm just going to wait and, and figure it out later because no one's, you know, going to hire me during the holidays. And these are all assumptions. And what I noticed, and this happened last year too, and the year before, so this is now my kind of third holiday season uh, going into coaching. What I noticed is that, the, there's so many people who do do that, that the ones who stick around, again, from an energy perspective, you have the energy to do it, uh, and keep moving forward in the process throughout the holidays are the ones, they, they, they're they the ones standing out, right? And I don't usually like to use that word standing out, but there's so much less noise out there because so many people are saying, oh, I'll just resume in January. So now is actually a really, really prime time to tighten up your career transition strategy to really focus on uh, what it is that you want and going after it now. So that way you're in that new role in January versus waiting for January. And there's no, the reality is there's no wrong answer, right? A lot of people are going to, you know, wait and in January, there's going to be, you know, more roles open, things like that, whatever it may be. 
Um, there's no, there's no right or wrong time really at the end of the day when it comes to finding your dream career. But if you are stopping right now because of you, you think that the outside forces are going to prevent you from getting a job, I would highly recommend revisiting your strategy. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about, you know, making the most of the rest of the year and what that looks like to be in that new role come January. So I want to kind of talk, I, I did a LinkedIn post on this about a week ago, and I wanted to take the time to really talk through it uh, podcast style and really walk through what like an eight week game plan can look like for you to be in your new role. So first and foremost, y'all are going to laugh at me because I say this all the time and I just, I can't help myself, but you have to find your niche y'all. When I, when I talk about niche, I do so because I'm seeing more and more people wanting to enter the learning and development space, which is freaking amazing and awesome. Uh, but I'm also seeing more and more people who are focusing on just specific titles, right? Coming in and saying like, oh, I want to be an L&D specialist or oh, I want to be an instructional designer or oh, I want to be a facilitator. And that is not a niche. That is a title. Uh, that is not a niche. And so really, really getting clear on what your L&D niche is. I, I did a podcast episode a couple weeks back on this. So if you, you want more deep dive into finding your L&D niche, I highly recommend listening to that. Um, or of course, coming to our Nail Your Niche live that we're going to do soon. But finding your L&D niche is so important. And that's something you can, it, it, it's not something you can figure out overnight, but it can happen very quickly. I've had a lot of people who have really buck, buckled down and you know spent a week, two weeks, really, really getting clear on what their L&D niche is. And that makes the process so much easier. I just had a conversation with a one-on-one -on -one client this morning um, who had some ahas about her niche. And she's just like, holy shit, like I'm actually excited about this process now. Like this was to me before, this was so excruciating and now I have so much clarity. And the reality is that when you all get clarity around what it is you want to do, that's when the confidence comes. I see so many people trying to get confidence. I might do a post on this now that I'm thinking about this out loud, but so many people trying to get confidence through upskilling and through just like, constantly trying to learn more, trying to learn more, trying to learn more, trying to learn more versus looking and saying, what do I already have that's great about me? What skills do I already have that I can transfer in? What interests do I already have that I get to explore in my new role, right? Understanding what those are, you can then figure out what the small gaps are, right? We always have to, there's always room to learn, right? We're all learning every single day, but you're not going to find confidence through adding certifications to your resume. You're not going to find confidence through taking more courses or doing more things like that. Confidence is going to come through understanding what it is you actually want to do and where, what type of organization you want to do that in. So if you are looking to be in your new role by the end of the year, you know, early, early January, spend a full on week focusing on finding your niche. Your niche is the intersection of your skills, your interests, and your values. And what that really looks like is, you know, so many people I see come in and again, try to fit into those boxes, right? I want to be an L&D specialist. I want to be an instructional designer. I want to be an e-learning developer, right? And you put, you try to put yourself in these boxes versus the approach that I take and what I see helps my clients land roles so much faster is to get really crystal clear on what your box looks like, right? What are your skills? What are your interests? What are your values? And then finding roles that fit inside of that. So one of those roles may be an instructional designer, but one of those roles could be, you know, here's a good example. I have an incredible, incredible, uh, she was a career coaching client and is now an executive coaching client. And I just adore her times a million. 
And when we first started working together, she came to me saying, I want to be an instructional designer. She's a former educator, a former science teacher. She said she wanted to be an instructional designer. And through the work that we did together, we realized that she actually had a really, really beautiful niche around the idea of creating learning communities and communities of practice. And through the work that we did together, she ended up landing a role that has like the longest, strangest title in all honesty. It's like engineer, engagement, manager, something like if she were, it's, it's like the wildest name, <laughs> but it's doing every single thing that she wanted to do inside of her niche for the type of company she wanted to do it for. And she never would have found that role if she was just looking for instructional designer roles. That role would have never, ever, ever popped up for her. But because she was searching for and looking for roles that included learning communities and communities of practice um, and facilitation and coaching, right? These things that, that she realized were actually really important to her, not just what she thought she should be doing, but what she actually wanted to do. She found this role that had this really obscure title that aligned perfectly what she wanted to do and that is her role that she's doing right now and she's freaking killing it because she's amazing um which I know you're probably listening so you know who you are Mwah. love you so anyways really focusing on what your L&D niche is and and creating your you know who you it's about it's again it's about the box thing right so it's just not putting yourself in all those other boxes of what you think you should be doing but what is it that you actually want to do so spend a full week like get off of LinkedIn get off of all the things stop listening to all the noise and work on finding your niche you can do that through my course again we're gonna do the nail your niche live in a couple weeks um, you can do that on your own you know listen to some of my podcasts around niche work you can definitely work through some of that on your own too but really really focus on what that is and what what what's your box what does that look like what are the skills the interests the values that you want to you know really utilize in your next role okay so that's week one week one is like the setting the foundation uh, week two is all around starting to, to really validate your niche. So week two, we, we look here at networking, right? So networking with people inside of your niche to make sure that your niche is actually the niche you want. I know a lot of people, usually once they get to that niche part, they're like, okay, this seems like really great, but let me go ahead before I like completely solidify my niche. Let me make sure that I'm talking to other people who are doing similar things, similar companies I want to work for and making sure that it's aligned with what it is I actually want to do. Finding out what are the challenges that they're facing? What was their journey to get there? And then being able to think about, okay, is that a journey I want to emulate? Is that, are those challenges that I want to work on, you know, facing inside of my next role? So really spending that whole, like week one is like narrowing down and figuring out your niche. And I would say getting to like 75%. Week two is where you really start to understand, okay, and, and network and talk to people and say, all right, I'm I'm validating my niche or I need to go back and make some edits here and there to what my niche is because now that I've learned more, that's not actually something I really want to be focusing on. And I find that to be really important, that that part of figuring out what those challenges are that they're facing in their roles. Because I have some clients who are like, hell yeah, okay, I'm on the right track. Those are absolutely challenges I want to face. But I have many clients who after these more informational interviews and these conversations are like, hmm, I need to recalibrate. That's not exactly what it is I want to be doing. And so I need to go back and figure out, are my skills the skills I actually want to be utilizing in my next role? Or are they just things that I have been good at that I thought I should be doing in my next role? So it really helps you take that iterative approach. So week one is all around finding your niche, you know, 
getting in a quiet space, figuring it out, really understanding that intersection. Week two is about networking with people inside of your niche to understand and make sure that it is what it is that you want to be focusing on. All right, so now we get to week three, which is we start to move into the marketing of yourself. So week one and two is about more finding yourself and creating that box for yourself. But week three, we move into crafting and creating your niche aligned resume and starting to apply for roles in your niche. So you can see why my clients move so fast with the process because week three, you're already having, you already have a done resume and you're applying to roles. So I'm not surprised that they see success so quickly because we move so quickly. Uh, so when you think about, Again, your box. Now, how do you market yourself and create a resume around your niche? And the simplest way that I can put this is that most people think that their resume should be a collection of everything they've ever done in the past, right? Here are all the million things I've ever done uh, that I ever have done that, you know, that may or may not pertain to whatever it is I want to do in the future, but here's this laundry list. The reality is your resume should really, really be a marketing document that showcases what it is you want to do through the lens of what you've done in the past. So that means that not everything you've ever done, every you know second of every day that you've ever spent doing something has to be categorized on your resume. You really want your resume to showcase what it is you want to do through the lens of what you've done in the past. And so really getting clear, going back to your box and saying, okay, here are the skills I want to utilize in my next role. Now I can ask myself through the lens of what I've done in the past, right, what have I done that has showcased these skills before? Right. So I think, for example, like something like facilitation, you may want to facilitate in your next role. So then you ask yourself, OK, I want to facilitate in my next role. How do I want to do that? I want to be you know, doing you know, one on one facilitation or group facilitation or speaking in front of you know, hundreds of people, what, you know, whatever that looks like. Great. Now I know what it is I want to do. Let me look at my past experience. What have I done that can showcase that I have the ability to do that in the future? So getting really clear and doing that line by line. Same thing with something like coaching, right? Thinking about, okay, I've, you know, coaching is something that I is important to me. I've done it in the past. I've really enjoyed it. And I want to do one-on-one coaching in my next role. That's something that's important to me. I want to coach maybe new leaders or whatever it is. Then you say, great, okay, I know coaching is part of my niche, so I want to focus on in my next role. How do I now go back into my past and say, okay, what examples do I have of when I've coached people and what what did that look like and how did I do that and what was the success of it? So as you can see here, once you've defined your box, it's why that part of it's so important. It's why everyone jokes, but I always, probably every episode, talk about finding your L&D niche because it's the foundation. Right? Without that, it's really hard to, how, would you, how can you craft a niche aligned resume with, without a niche? And so you're, start, you're, gonna, you're gonna work on really focusing on creating a resume that really, really outlines and highlights what it is you wanna do through the lens of what you've done in the past. So write that down. Like, what do I want to do through the lens of what I've done in the past? And once you do that, you can then start applying to the roles that are in your niche. And here's the kicker, right? And, and I've talked about this before on the podcast and you know a million other places, but you know, and I actually don't really see this advice as much anymore, which makes me so freaking happy. But a lot of people will say, you know, the more roles you apply to, the more, you know, chances you have. And that's not the case, right? The rule of averages does not apply when it comes to applying for roles, right? The reality is the more jobs you apply to, the more rejection you're going to get because the more jobs you apply to, the more that you're probably misaligned. If you're applying to hundreds of jobs, that tells me you don't have a clear niche. 
that tells me that you don't really know what it is you want to do, or you're just applying for the sake of applying, which is to me, the kiss of death, right? We get caught up, caught up in that vicious application cycle. So with my clients, what I encourage them to do is once you create that niche aligned resume, start applying to roles that are inside of your niche and inside of your niche only. And that's a, that's a big shift in adjustment, right? Because I think a lot of people come into working with me and they're, they've been updating their resume for every single role they've applied to. And my rule of thumb is if you have to update your resume for every role you're applying to, you're not clear on what it is that you want, right? You don't have that direction. And so it's getting, it's creating that resume and then applying to roles that fit inside of your niche, right? You're the whole, we're flipping everything on its head. What, rather than you trying to fit, what fits you? And sometimes that looks like there being no jobs this week that are aligned or maybe one week it's 10 and one week it's three, right? There's no magic number. The magic number is how many roles out there right now are aligned with, with my niche. And so that's really what it is. So on week three, you're again, crafting your niche aligned resume and applying to roles in your niche. And don't be surprised if only two pop up this week or three pop up this week. It is not a numbers game. Stop playing the numbers game. Okay, so then we move into week four. And week four is really where we can start to work on upskilling. What? We're upskilling after we're applying? Yes, we are, my friends. Right? A lot of people think, hey, I need to, I need to be upskilled out the freaking wazoo uh, before I apply for roles. Absolutely not. Upskilling is part of the process. Uh, again, you probably already have most of the skills you need to transition into the L&D role of your dreams. But of course, there's going to be things you want to grow and upskill on. Um, part of the work that I do with clients and what we figure out in, in that niche part is of the skills and interests that you have, right? And then the roles that are, are showing up inside of those skills and interests, what are some areas of opportunity for you to start to upskill? And so we, in week four, that's when we start to work on that upskilling, right? You've already put your resume out there, but now you're gonna work on backing up a lot of those skills and interests that you have on your resume. And so any type of upskilling that you do have, which at this point should be minimal, right? But any upskilling you do have, and then working on creating your personal brand on LinkedIn. So here's the thing. If you want this process to happen fast, there's kind of three main areas that I encourage people to focus on. First and foremost, applying, right? There's, people have, oh, the secret job market. Like, yes, are there roles people get that were never posted? Yes, but it's not this like, black market underground, like members only situation, right? The majority of my clients actually get their roles from straight up old school, submitting their application on the internet. And so I really, I don't want you to focus too much on moving away from that. Um, that's a huge pillar. It's an important pillar. So applying for roles. The second part that I teach in regards to, um, you know, moving fast in this process is networking. We've already talked about that. So in week two, you've already done that. So week three, you did your resume. Week two, we networked. So we're already working on those things. But the third part, the third kind of pillar that really, really helps expedite the process is starting to create a personal brand. And that can vary. And I, I have a whole podcast episode around creating your personal brand on LinkedIn uh, when it comes to job seeking. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that. But really, in the abridged version is that there is a spectrum, right? So at the low end of the spectrum, the lower, the you know, kind of the lowest hanging fruit is just making sure that your profile is a reflection of who you want to be. So again, thinking about what it is that I want to do through the lens of what I've done in the past is my profile telling that story. So 
That's the lowest end of the spectrum. The highest end of the spectrum is starting to write original content, right? Share articles, share your thoughts inside it. You know, talk about your niche. What are things that you've seen in the, you know, in your experience? What are trends that you're watching? What's something that, you know, you've learned recently that you're sharing with other people? So, you know, really you can, you can go on any end of the spectrum and anything in between, but at a very minimum, your LinkedIn profile should be optimized so people can find you. And when they find you, they know exactly what it is that you're wanting to do. And then on that high end, you're creating that thought leadership and that personal brand. So week four is about upskilling and doing any of that you know, upskilling and starting to work on that, as well as working on creating your personal brand on LinkedIn, however it is on that spectrum you want to focus on. When it comes to week four, you also want to keep applying to niche aligned roles and networking. So Really, at the end of the day, this is like a pyramid. Maybe I'll make a, a, a Instagram or LinkedIn post or something that shows this pyramid. But, you know, that niche is your, the niche really is your foundation. But now you're going to keep working up the pyramid, but you're going to continue to iterate on all of these, right? So as you're continuing to network and applying for roles, you're going back and saying, okay, is my niche still aligned? If, if it is, great. If not, okay, maybe I need to make some tweaks here and there, which means now let me make a couple tweaks to my resume, right? So you're kind of working up that ladder and working up that pyramid. So as you are upscaling, as you're working on your personal brand, you're also going to keep applying to niche aligned roles. You're also going to keep networking, having those great conversations. So week four is where we really start to have that more iterative process, like moving my hands around like crazy right now and none of you can see it. Um, I might start recording these and maybe start a YouTube channel. I don't know if any of you think that's a good idea. Let me know. Um, but that's where week four comes in. That's where the iterativeness starts to come in a little bit more. All right. So we move on to week five. And so week five is really, you know, at this point you have a well-oiled machine. So look, within just four weeks, you already, you, you're, you're, you've done all the heavy lifting. So it takes just four weeks for you to really, really focus on building that foundation. And then everything after that is all downhill, but in a good way. <laughs> Right, it's all downhill from here, but like in in a good way. Like, oh, I I like worked so hard and got to the top of the mountain. Now I'm gonna enjoy the ride on the way down. Imagine it like you like hiked up the mountain and now you're like taking a gondola back. <laughs> right. So once we can move into week five, this is when we start to prepare for interviews. So at this point, many of my clients are already in first and second round interviews um, at that four or five week mark. Like we've already already talked about with my client I, I shouted out earlier today. So at week five, we're getting clear on what it is that we want to focus on in our interviews. And rather than focusing on, okay, what does the job description say? And how can I like star or Carl or like whatever, all, you know, all that, those acronyms are that tell you how to interview. Like none of them are bad, but for me, it's less about going through like the job description and more around saying, okay, let me reflect on what it is I want to do through the past, the lens of what I've done in the past. And what are some of the things that are, I'm most proud of that I've accomplished, you know? So let me think, you know, there's this time where I, you know, facilitated, a, you know, a seminar on something, right? Whatever it may be. And you can think, okay, that really lends itself into that part of facilitation that I want to do in my new role. You know, I taught this class to, you know, 40 other teachers about a piece of technology and, you know, it then helped them, you know, really be able to implement that technology and you know, led to X, Y, and Z, right? So getting clear on what that story is, you know, and really think, why am I so proud? Why, why am I so proud about that? Well, I researched the technology, I helped implement it, I showed them use cases, right? So getting really crystal clear on like that whole story of why you are so proud of it, and then being able to tie and align them with your niche, right? So it's all around 
it's all, you know, forget what the job description says necessarily, because if you applied for it at this stage, it was already in your niche. So you don't have to worry about focusing on, okay, what's the story I have for this and the story I have for that, the story I have for this. Get really clear on what it is you were most proud about in your role, in your last role or any role that you've had before. And how do you tie that? So, okay, now I can look at that story and I can say, well, I know I wanted to facilitate. So that's covered in there. Um, for me, process improvement is really important. That's a skill that I'm highlighting and I want to utilize my next role. Well, that same story goes into process improvement. You know, I, I want to be able to implement new ideas or you know, change management. Okay, well, that story also aligns with it. So first and foremost, getting clear on what your stories are. You know, Maybe it's three, four, maximum five things that you've been most proud of in your career. And then aligning it with your niche and tying it to specific skills inside of your niche. So that way, when someone does ask you, tell me about a time when you facilitate or tell me about a time where you, you know, improved a process or implemented a new program. You don't have to have a, a different story for every single line item, right? You have this one story, two stories, three stories that you can pick apart and dissect and dive deep into. So getting really clear. So week five is all around really sitting with yourself and saying, what am I most proud of myself for in my career? Uh, why? Why was I most proud of myself? How did I get to that point? Really dissect that story and then look at that story and say, okay, now how does this align with what it is that I want to do in the future? and being able to tie those skills into it. So week five is all around prepping. Of course, you're still you know, connecting with people, still networking, still applying to roles, but the majority of week five is gonna be making sure that you're crystal clear on what you're most proud of and how to tell those stories. So then we move into week six, and week six is what I like to call like the maintenance week, right? Because you're continuing to apply, you're continuing to upskill, you're continuing to network and interview, and at this point, you're just you're really in that groove, right? You're in this well-oiled machine. This process is not taking you a long time. You know, people ask me often, like how how many hours, you know, do I have to spend, you know, in, in your program, how many hours do I spend uh, working on this? And for me, I always say it's about an hour or less a day. Of course, some days are more, some days are less, right? You might say, oh, I don't have any time today, but tomorrow I have, you know, a whole afternoon blocked. But on average, like 45 minutes to an hour a day. So the more streamlined you get, the more clear that you get, the the less time all of this takes. So that's why, again, going back to that niche, that, that foundation, it allows you to make this process so much easier. So week six is all about maintenance, continuing to apply, continuing to upskill, having those networking conversations, interviewing, right? Here's where you can say, all right, you know, in week four, I created my LinkedIn, but that's pretty much all that I did was I optimized it. Now I want to start maybe posting or sharing or commenting, right? So here's where you can kind of take what you've done so far, upskilling, networking, interviewing, and now how do I take all that to that next level? So then we get to week seven, right? And week seven for me and a lot of my clients is prepping for final rounds of interviews. Uh, and really, it, it goes back to thinking about those stories, but especially in those final rounds of interviews, it's about getting clear on what it is you want out of this role, right? And, and is this in alignment with you? So when you get to that final stage, it's less about, when you get to the final stage, you, you've already won, right? So let's let's be crystal clear there. As you move on, you've you've already you've already won. Doesn't mean you've landed the role, but you you've already showcased to them that you have the skills, you have the abilities, you're you that you have that alignment. And if you follow the process, especially when it comes to week one and finding your niche, I focus a lot on values, so making sure there's a value alignment there. 
So as you work here in week seven and prepping for those final rounds of interviews, it really is around making sure that this is the right fit for you. Not that you're not trying to prove that you're the right fit for them. So I'm going to say that again. It's about making sure it's they are the right fit for you, not about you proving you're the right fit for them. So the questions that you're asking here in these interviews and what you want to prep for is really understanding what your role is going to contribute to the organization, what it's going to look like working on that team, um, really going back to your values and figuring out, okay, how how are my values going to be a value add to this organization? Um, and just getting really clear on if it's the right fit for you. Not if you're the right fit for them, but if, if they are the right fit for you. So really spending that that seventh week prepping for those final rounds. And at this point, you've already razzled and dazzled them. You've already wowed them. You don't need to focus on that anymore. It's it's more about how do I make sure this is the right role for me. And then week eight, receive that job offer, baby, and start negotiating your salary. I definitely focus a lot on this inside of uh, the, the end of Fast Track. Uh, is making sure that you are negotiating your your salary. And um, salary can be so many different things, right? It's obviously what we get paid in our paycheck, but it can also be in terms of bonuses, in terms of equity inside of a company, if they're public or private, that makes a difference too. So there's so many things to think about. And so well, part of what I do with my clients early on, uh, usually around like week one or two, is figuring out for them like what that ideal salary is. Um, and when you think about what your ideal salary is, it's not about, okay, what will just pay my bills, right? I mean, that's important. Paying the bills is important. But it's it's about what salary will allow me to actually live my life. You know, I remember asking a client this once and the response was, it means I'll be able to take my kid to a water park, right? Like those type of things. So I want you to think about what 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 is that number for you? Um, and again, in Fast Track, we, I dive deeper into this around figuring out how to, how to really know what your salary range is. Uh, so that way, going into the interviews, I always say you should never leave a first interview without knowing what the next steps are and what the salary range is that they, that they have budgeted. Uh, but once we get to this week eight, you, at this point, you should already know what they have budgeted for the role um, and be prepared to negotiate that starting salary. And really understand, you know, this this part, this part, like it sounds exciting. And then once you get to it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so nerve wracking to ask for more money. Um, but you need to ask for what your, your worth is, right? And, and when you think about you're starting a new job, uh, that starting number is really important. And especially, I know I have, I have some clients who say to me, my next job is going to be my last one. <laughs> like it's the one I want to retire at. And so you definitely want to make sure that you're going into your role, whether you're retiring at it or not, with a competitive salary because that's what your raise is going to be based on. That's what your bonuses are going to be based on, right? So really making sure that you're going in with a competitive salary. All right. These eight weeks dissected, it's not just some random thing that I've put together, right? So I, like I mentioned, I have quite a few clients inside of Fast Track right now who are in final stages of interviewing after only 30 days in the program. Um, and I really look at, you know, the success of my clients over the last several years. And this is borrowed from their playbook, right? This isn't something I just thought of randomly on a Tuesday and put together. This is what I've seen time and time and time again. You know, I've coached over 200 people at this point. And the ones who really, really follow the strategy and still make it their own, right? There's a big, crucial part about that are the ones that see success the fastest. And that's why I called the program Fast Track, right? Because you can make this happen fast. So if you are ready, if you want to be in that new role, in your new L&D role in the new year, you want the strategy and the support to do that, uh, you are, of course, welcome to and join us inside of Fast Track. You can DM me for the info. You can find it on my website, theovernightrainer.com slash programs. Um, 
yeah, we'd love to have you join us. And again, really keep in mind that a lot of people let up at this time of the year because they think they should or they think they're not going to get a job or they think, right, a lot of assumptions here. Uh, and those couldn't be further from the truth. So if you are still feeling energized about this process, if you're feeling re-energized about this process, uh, you are ready to land your role in the new year and be like be in it in the new year, uh, now is a perfect time to really buckle down and, and apply apply this strategy and what, what feels good to you. Uh, find your niche from there, you know, network, finding out uh, if that's, you know, really is your niche. Crafting that aligned resume, applying for roles, upskilling, personal branding, prepping for interviews, right? So it, it really does all live so beautifully together. So I'm wishing you the best of luck. Hope to see you all in a fast track. Again, we have some fun things coming up. That case study masterclass, uh, Nail Your Niche Live. Again, if you are interested in that, hit me up, email me. DM me, whatever it is, um, I'll get you in for a, an extra early bird price um, since I haven't even launched it at all yet. Uh, so if you're interested in that, just let me know. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you in some way, shape or form and can't wait to see you in your new role by the end of the year. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.